You're listening to Brave Not Perfect with Reshma Sajani, presented by Anchor and Girls Who Code. Hey, it's Reshma. Thanks for joining me, and welcome to Brave Not Perfect, brought to you by Girls Who Code. On this podcast, I talk with changemakers from all over the world who have one thing in common, even if they don't know it. At some point in their journey, my guests all decided that it was better to just jump in and try to make things better now. Instead of waiting until they had all the skills and knowledge, they decided that it was better to be brave, not perfect. I am talking with Lauren Fondos, my neighbor, my friend. Lauren is the CEO of Forte, a company that live streams boutique fitness classes. So when you're on your business trip or you just can't get to a studio, you can still take your favorite class. I know it's something that I'm addicted to. This is an idea that I really believe in because I am a fitness junkie. I plan my workouts a month in advance. So when I'm traveling, I'm always missing that favorite boxing class or yoga class. So I love the fact that I can just get on my phone and still be there. I started by asking Lauren about how she left her Wall Street job to start a company. During my time on Wall Street, I actually lost sense of self, which was working out for me at some points, just having to be at work so early and out so late and really not finding the time to do it. So I essentially started making it part of my entertainment evenings and bringing my clients to work out with me so I could work out. And that was how I started to get really back into fitness and the studio scene. And so that's how, uh, yeah, I started finding new places to go and going to places like Flywheel where it was competitive and I could kick the guy's butts. I <laughs> felt really good about that. And so... Yeah, that's how I actually started getting back into it because I had to be at work at six o'clock and going to work out at five o'clock and going on the subway was basically the middle of the night. And so, uh, yeah, I started to like make it a part of my work journey as opposed to going out and getting drinks from five o'clock. So I was just in Georgia and spent countless hours on the soccer field because everyone in Georgia plays soccer. <laughs> like, was that what your team, like growing up, what was it like? like yeah, was sports a big part of your life? Yeah, growing up, sports was a huge part of my life. It was not something that was really advocated by my parents, though. So I didn't do any extracurricular sports. Like, I just played in gym class. And I was, you know, my coaches were really excited about how fast I was. My parents really didn't advocate it. My dad was like, that's great. It's not a job. You need to focus on school. I'm like, dad, I think I'm really good at this. He's like, it's a big country. I'm like, in the whole country, I'm the best. <laughs> I'm all American. I'm really good. And so my parents certainly didn't take me, you know, on Sundays was most of the, when soccer was and my parents are religious. So yeah, doing outside sports wasn't really their thing for me, but I just loved it. And so I would just play outside by myself and hit against the garage and really was dedicated on my own. Just Was it soccer? Age. I played field hockey. And that's what you were all American field hockey? Yeah. I played softball, field hockey. I played a lot of sports, but those were my main two. Throughout high school and then college. And I played field hockey in college, yeah. And so I, I played like in the U.S. program as a kid. Wow. And I, yeah, I ultimately started playing in these travel leagues because I was becoming All-American. And so you get on some of these teams. And my dad still never really, I think eventually he was secretly really proud of me, but, you know, always wanted to make sure that I focused on school and stuff like that. So when I, you know, went to college, it was a different experience because my teammates were forced to play or, you know, their parents really advocated it. So it was different because I just would get out there and I loved it. Maybe it was because they told me not to do it that yeah. I loved it. Um, obviously, I was grateful that they also made me get A's and focus on school simultaneously. You wanted his validation, yeah. which is what we all... Yep. It was interesting after, you know, a while, then I realized 
that I wanted to work on Wall Street. That's what my brothers did. So I always wanted to do sort of what they did. I'm 10 years younger than them. So I started to focus on school and realize like, what was I really doing there? And my teammates all went on most many of them to be in the Olympics. And so that was the path for most people. But I realized that I wanted to do something else. And I started really liking school as I was taking classes that were interesting to me. That's where I started to then appreciate sort of uh, what my parents kind of instilled in me all those years. So at some point in college, you're like, okay, forget about the Olympics. I want to actually go work on Wall Street. Yeah. So you work on Wall Street, and then what happens? Yeah, I I loved it. It was me, me and the guys, which was sort of always the way I was, you know, situation I was in. I ended up kind of finding my way in Wall Street, doing different things on, on the street and getting into sales and really thriving and doing great there. Never thought I was going to leave my job. I was crushing it for all intents and purposes. Um, you know, I really liked it. I liked the energy of it, obviously. Um, I never realized I was really the only girl in the room when I worked on Wall Street until I sort of left it and went into this world. And I realized like, wow, there is really like a problem. And I guess on Wall Street, I think the aspect that I liked about it was if you were doing well, there was nobody could tell you that you were or you weren't. It was if you're making this much money, it's a fact. Whereas now I'm the CEO of a company and it's like, well, can she handle this company? Can she build this company to this? Whereas that was very black or white. I made that money or I didn't. And so now I feel like they had to respect you when you did well because there was no way to argue that you couldn't. So like gender never really affected you until you became an entrepreneur. Definitely on Wall Street, I took it abuse all the time. I just never really, you know, they'd be like, they do business with you because you're a girl. I'm like, yeah, they also don't do big trades with me because they think I'm a girl and I can't do a big trade. So as much as it worked in my benefit, maybe it also worked against me. And, you know, eventually I would even find myself taking abuse and being like, you guys, I'm a girl. You can't say that. They're like, oh, now you're a girl. I'm like, shut up. <laughs> I'm like, okay, fine. So like, I definitely, yeah, but it just really came down to who was doing well. And there was no way to like, def- like refute that somebody was doing well, I guess. And so now- It felt like a meritocracy. Yeah. Whereas now it's like, can she handle the pressure? Maybe we'll have to get a real CEO. I'm like, uh, I just built this company. So let's get to Forte. How'd you think of the idea? What was the moment? Did you quit? Like walk me through it. Yeah. I, um, so I started to realize what was going on in this space and get really into the fitness space, realizing that not everybody has access to these places. I live next to Peloton, (laughs) seeing sort of what they're doing and really then talking to the studios that I was friends with to be like, would you want to broadcast your classes? You guys have this great community and you should be able to give. Had that come to you though? Are you thinking like, wait, there must be a lot of people who could like really enjoy this, but they can't afford it. And so how do I make it accessible? Like, I think this whole studio thing is amazing within itself. Like I think small group fitness or boutique fitness has really gotten a lot of people to work out that didn't like it before because it, you know, was focused around a community and, you know, the experiences are really unique to that studio. And so there's something for everybody. And I really want and hope that everybody would be active in some way. It's not running for everybody, but there's definitely something you could do. And so started to really see what was going on with those spaces. And my brother, for instance, lives in California and he's like, I'm going to Orange Theory. He's like addicted to it. I'm like, that's group fitness. I'm so that's addicted. what my whole I'm business addicted is. to Orange Theory too. Yeah, I was like, that's small group fitness. That's what my whole business is centered around. Like, there's really something CrossFit was the first community to really succeed in building this, you know, drinking the Kool-Aid where people are so addicted to the workout. And so I saw that and I was like, this is not going to go to all these places that don't have a gas station within 20 miles very fast. And they're going to have nothing, just a traditional gym. And so really trying to figure out as the brick and mortar space was growing, how they these businesses could, yeah, expand their reach yeah. with technology. So you mean by that, you mean the Pelotons, the CrossFit,
benefits, the soul cycles, the orange theories, the bear, like so group fitness classes were yep. not going to go all across the world. So you wanted to basically... Yeah, just give them tech to be able to broadcast it, right? Why not? Instead of creating workout videos, they're already creating the great content every day. Why should you do a workout video when you could take an orange theory class? Like, right. Somehow like that workout video concept has the Jane Fonda workout has just like become a thing. And I'm like, why is that a thing? I want to just take the class that people like. Right. So I started talking to the studios and a while back they were like, no way. Our clientele doesn't want to be filmed. I'm like, uh, I am your clientele. I, I, you're talking to the girl that gets it. I'm not just some business person coming in here. And so some of them got it and they were like, all right, let's start. I'm like, well, let's start. I, I have a job and I don't build technology and I don't know anybody in tech. So I was like, how am I going to do this? Started going on my LinkedIn and like typing in tech and my all traders come up. I'm like, okay, no, no one in tech. This is going to be difficult. And so started going to meetups and just groups to just listen and just immerse myself in it. And eventually found Dreamers and Doers, which is a friend of mine that I actually knew from Wall Street. So I started going to that and just started like immersing myself in as much as I could, reading as much as I could. And this studios were like, let's start. I was like, okay, almost, almost. I was like, just trying to figure it out. And then, yeah, I gathered some people up that I knew that were in tech and started putting together the pieces. And I would eventually be at work and my boss would be like, you know, you bought 500 million twos. I'm like, I'm in a meeting for my company. He's like, what's your company's name? I'm like, I don't even know yet. So eventually I was like, I think I just got to go guys. I just knew if I didn't do it that day that, that it would, you know, fast forward two years now, everyone's trying to get into the space. I just knew that I didn't want to tell the story that oh that was my idea except I didn't invent it so I was like I was like I just got to do this and everyone's like you're gonna leave your job I'm like I'm not becoming a drug addict and going to rehab I'm quitting my job to <laughs> build a company it's like the hardest thing you could do like this is like commendable I would think so yeah everyone's reaction was like but you're doing so well I was like well you don't leave when you're doing so bad I'm like I, I, I was like I just yeah this is has to happen and if, now I, I know so much more than I knew when I left Wall Street that yeah, even if things didn't go the way I wanted to. I would just Were you that. more scared to not do it than to have see somebody else do it and wish you did? Yeah, I, I was like, I started to read about the space more and I was like, this is my idea. This is my idea to take. I was like, I need to do this. And, and I... I'm a user of this space. I'm so passionate about it. I was like, I I can build this better than some 55-year-old guy. I can tell you that much. And I was like, I just have to do this and try and, yeah, figure it out. And now I couldn't even imagine going back to necessarily working on Wall Street. How'd you go with the name Forte? Yeah, Forte means strong in Albanian, which is where my parents are from. <laughs> and when that's I was naming, awesome. yeah, I, I was like, Greek god of sports, Olympics. I'm like, Nike. Okay, that's taken. Um, next, <laughs> I was like, next one, strong. And so then I was like, perfect. And it means strong in Italian. And I, I was like, you can't neurose over the name and the logo because if you do and, and you build no company, then all those things aren't going to matter. So I literally was just going through the checklist at work one day and it's like, all right, let's make a corporation. Let's name this company. And yeah, rather than neurosing over that stuff before I even got started. So what classes are you are you live streaming now? Yeah, so we stream kind of one from each practice, a running, a spinning, a boxing, yoga, Pilates, bar. Um, and then we'll go around, you know, kind of the gamut again and ultimately have like one traditional yoga, one Y7 or, you know, rap style, less traditional yoga and kind of one from each category type, but we wouldn't shred the categories. Too much choices, yeah, inundates people. 
So are you always shopping around for new things or no? Kind of. I mean, the studios sort of come to us. We're sort of the guy now, which is great. So yeah. they know that we're doing it. I think the most exciting things that we've been doing lately is we started streaming stuff that you could do at home, which is great. But I think most people work out at the gym still. I mean, that's where the majority of the population is. So we started streaming into 4,000 gyms in 40 countries. So the gym is paying a membership to have access to it. Oh, that's so you're sitting there in the gym yeah. working out and then you can watch a video and do it. Like yep. go in the, in the little, spin room. In the spin room or, yeah. and go do it. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And we're going to start streaming directly into equipment. So that's, I think that's where my vision is different from the companies only vying for the at-home space. It's like some days I'm home, some days I'm at the gym, some days I'm at the studio and trying to just work with the user. Like I feel like I have a, a head of the game because I'm in the trenches every day. This is what I love to do. So as I see some of our competitors make decisions, I'm just like, I have an advantage. I feel like I have a secret. Because you're like the because ultimate girl, customer. Yeah. yeah. A lot more women, right? Do boutique fitness classes than men or Yeah, what's more the... so definitely obviously in yoga, Pilates, those things. Boot camp tends to be more fifty fifty, but seventy thirty, I think. Yeah, overall and just in the studio space. But in the gym membership space it's pretty much fifty fifty. What did dad say when you quit? He was excited for me, surprisingly enough, even though he's usually very uh, reserved. He was an entrepreneur himself, so he's always like, man, I never thought my daughter would be the one to do this. And he's like, when I played sports, he's like, I never thought I'd be watching my daughter, you know, in the final four. I'm like, you say that every time. You always say that. I'm like, why don't you just expect me to do these things at some point? Yeah, he's like, wow, I never thought this would be. You guys got to take more risks like your sister. That's so funny. It's so funny. I had the same experience with my dad. I thought when I was quitting to go run for office that he would be mad at me. But he was like so excited. Yeah. But it's so funny how like we think our parents are going to react a certain way. And so for so long, we don't do things because we don't want to disappoint them. Yep. But in reality, they're kind of like waiting for us in some ways to take like that leap. Yep. So uh, how does it feel now kind of living your, are you living your dream? Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. The most exciting thing is like, yeah, getting emails from users that were changing their life. I always tell my parents, I nobody told me that I made their life better when I worked on Wall Street. <laughs> so that's an amazing thing within itself. I don't even know if I could go back to working a job where, yeah, our conversation was like, how much money did you make today? Yeah. Which obviously was great, and there's no, nothing wrong with doing that. But yeah, it's just a whole different purpose for working. And yeah, I don't know that I could go back to that old life anymore. It doesn't feel as fulfilling. You know, we talk to a lot of like um, change makers in different spaces, but it's tiring. It's, I mean, because... I live, eat, and breathe, and sleep yeah. my work, too. Yep. And sometimes the only thing that was good about the desk job is, like, when you're done, you're done. You don't think about yeah. it because you're not emotionally invested in the same way. Yeah. I've given up my whole life. Like, I wouldn't recommend doing <laughs> I had no idea what I was getting into. I'm like, why did anybody stop me? I mean, that's definitely... I always joke with my friends. I'm like, I cannot go to your birthday parties till, like, 2025. I'm like, I <laughs> just can't go to parties every weekend. I'll never win this game if I do that. So I think, yeah, I had no idea what I was getting myself into I also now I'm responsible for people that work for us so it's lonely though right how do you how do you re yeah it's definitely I'm, I mean I have a team around me so thankfully yeah. that's been great in the beginning though you're just you know I quit my job the first day I'm like sitting home I'm like okay um now what I'm used to going to an office and seeing people yeah. so there was definitely like an adjustment in the beginning of getting used to it I think the highs are so high and so exciting and the lows are obviously so low and yeah I mean there's definitely times where my life consisted of going to work every day and when the market when the bell rang it was over and I would be planning trips every weekend to places and yeah now I don't do any of that so definitely <laughs> to say the least yeah definitely a whole different life but you're glowing like you're happy I mean I think that there's something about 
right? Even no matter how tired you are, like actually living life on your terms and for what you want and not having regrets. Yeah, I think like this has been the most like life-changing experience for me. I think I've learned so much about myself. I think I've gotten so much stronger from it. Every day there's such, my emails are like crazy, amazing email from some amazing CEO. And then I'm like, oh my God, a lawsuit. Like every email is like just drastically good and bad and there's so much happening. And and so really have to learn to be able to, yeah, just keep your head screwed on straight and not let the, you know, there's weeks that go by where nothing exciting happens. Right. And I'm like, uh, and then there's weeks that are so exciting. I'm like, yeah, just skipping down the streets. And so just trying to keep that all in balance is much different than just obviously the market was turbulent and there was up and down, but nothing like this because I'm so invested in this emotionally, physically every day. It's a totally different thing. So um, Lauren's my neighbor. Yep. And also uh, I think my son is like totally obsessed with you because you taught him field hockey at like one and a half. Yep. Um, So our family are big fans. But tell me, what was your Brave Not Perfect moment? Was it quitting? Yeah, I think even just now is like there's every stage of the game is always – it's hard to get to the next, right? Like raising money initially and then building a product and launching it and then waiting to see what happens and now raising money again. And it's like at some points you're like, is this working? Like do you just keep going? Is it working? I think at each stage I could go back to just working at some point. I like my securities license is all lapsed. <laughs> so I was like, I came up on my calendar. I was like, oh crap. So yeah. now like I would have to like, go take all real. these, this is real. I have to take all these tests again. Yeah. So I think just like, there's always these moments where I'm like, do I turn back now? Is this like, do I just keep going? And I think that's where, those are moments where I feel like I'm like, no, you got this. You got this. Like, it's not going to happen overnight, and you got to just keep going. So I feel like I have those moments, little moments like that all the time. But obviously leaving my job was, yeah, it was crazy, and then getting convincing other people to leave their jobs. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's cool. It's a, that's a great story because it's like a reminder that the universe will remind you. Like, are you sure you want to be brave? Yes, I want to be brave. Exactly. When those things brave, came up, I'm brave. like, um, wow, this is real. <laughs> they are now all gone. All my past like life is all a race now. I can't go back to it unless I study it all over again. So, yeah, I'm like, I could just get a job. I'm like, no, like I'm not doing that. Like, so that was definitely a moment of recent that was like. All right, this is real. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you, Lauren, yeah. so much. Thank you. It's so funny how parents can actually be such drivers for our own ambition or getting their satisfaction or approval can help us build companies and lead movements. My dad played that role for me, for sure. I feel like even now, I'm still trying to get his approval or for him to say, good job. My dad will text me when the podcast is great or not great. And I'm always, I'm like, hey team, he, you know, he said it was awesome this week. So I think I'm making them seek his approval too. Got a question for me? Send us a note at bravenotperfectpodcast at gmail.com or call in directly via the Anchor app on your phone. Until next time, this has been an episode of Brave Not Perfect with me, Rashma Sajani.